scratch and sniff. Welcome to Scratch and Sniff, where today you join us in Manchester to speak to a local musician who's fast establishing himself as a sophisticated and original artist with lyrics to match. Ben McGarvey, aka Minute Taker, released his debut album Too Busy Framing in 2008 to critical acclaim and was described by the Manchester Evening News as bursting with beautiful acoustic melodies and hooks. He's since released a second album and a third is on its way. His music has featured on Tom Robinson's BBC Radio 6 music programme and shortlisted for Mojo Magazine's New Voice Award. The Guardian, Glasswork, The 405, Fashion Soundtrack, Attitude and many more have all endorsed his work. But before we talk to the man himself, let's have a listen to the distinctive sound of Minute Taker. As it's told on the ocean Mommies and daddies could never condone such a scandal You've got to fight Ladies and gentlemen, give a huge scratch and sniff welcome to Master Minute Taker himself, Ben McGarvey. Well, Ben, thanks so much for inviting us into your home today and welcome to SNS Online. Well, thank you very much. It's great to be on. So let's just start by talking about your background, your home background, the music you were listening to when you were growing up. Uh, well, I was born in Birkenhead. I lived there till I was eight and then I moved to uh, the Shropshire countryside and, and then spent the rest of my uh, youth, teenage years there, quite rural. And in terms of music, I was listening to growing up Mostly my parents' music collection. I was, I've been a big fan of Eurythmics since I was very young. They've um, had a big influence on um, my uh, style. I 
I wasn't actually hugely into music when I was a child. I, I was very into um, drawing. I used to draw everything. And then I used to write stories. I never used to finish the stories. But <laughs> I used to start, I'd, I'd get to like chapter four and then I'd move on to another one. Uh, that's the beauty of songs, you see. You can just get them done. Yes. Because <laughs> they're like three or four minutes. But... So when did you discover you had a talent then? And I mean, was there any particular person who brought this out, like a school teacher or something like that? And was it just singing or instruments? Well, I, I remember we had this um, old rickety piano that was... Like a family heirloom that um, was in our basement uh, for years, and I think when I was about twelve or thirteen, I started to kind of have a bit of a tinkle on it, um, and yeah, I think it just went from there really. And then we had a, um, a piano teacher over the road, Keith, who gave me some lessons, but then um, I never really liked the whole theoretical sight reading side of it, so I started just going over and saying, "Oh, I've just taught myself to play this song. As you know, does it sound about right?" And then and then he'd be like, "Oh yeah, that sounds good," and it helped me that way. So and then I just started really learning to play by ear and and just writing songs straight away really like they were terrible songs and mostly instrumental but I remember I think I put out like a 19 track album like within about six months of ones oh, that yeah. I'd, I'd recorded at Keith's house on his um it was like a primitive version of Cubase I suppose yeah. and uh yeah like really bad midi kind of uh instrumental <laughs> tracks have you got any of these we can <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you have. You've got them in your loft or something, haven't you? <laughs> no, sadly, they were destroyed in a fire. <laughs> <laughs> so did you go to a music college then? Yes, I went to college to study popular music. And then I went to university to study contemporary music, which was um, kind of much more avant-garde, crazy out there stuff than I anticipated. But it was, uh, it was really good, actually. Were you in a, like a uni band? Were you one of the cool people to hang out with? <laughs> no, I've never been cool, unfortunately. I, it was pretty much just as it is now, me in my, in my um, room, writing and recording songs by myself. <laughs> So what instruments do you play? I mean, let's go through the range of what Ben McGarvey has to offer in the music world. Um, well, I mainly play piano and sing. Um, I also play a bit of guitar and glockenspiel. Wow. And, um, and synth. And then, then I use, when I play live, I, I use a loop station to kind of create layers of uh, vocal harmonies and different instrument parts. And then some pre-recorded beats and electronic elements as well. Because we're, we're talking pre-warm-up, I was saying to you how much I love your vocals. I, I love a pure harmony, and that's something that you've really sort of seemed to focus on in some of your tracks. Yeah, I really um, love harmony, and the loop station is great for allowing you to harmonise with yourself in a live mm. situation, you know. So it's mm. uh, there's always something nice about um, the same voice in harmony. Yeah. Um, and it can be beautiful to have, you know, different voices in harmony. And there's just something when you've got that similar tones, you know, I suppose like when you get family bands and things, you know, yeah. and they all sound very similar and you get this kind of really beautiful mm. kind of meld of all the voices. So what was the first track that you did that you are prepared to at least to acknowledge, even if we don't <laughs> play it tonight? And, and, and how happy were you with it? Um, I've just been writing songs for so many years, but mm. I suppose the first track that I, well, the first track that I really remember writing and recording and thinking, this is good enough to show everybody, I really like this, yeah. this feels like the start of something, was a track called Too Busy Framing, which became the title track for my um, first album. I am a work of art, shapes and colours shifting, I move from day to day. Trying to capture every moment in a frame 
That was a lovely track, Ben. Give us some background colour to that one. I made it not long after I finished my degree and it it includes some found sounds of of little um, dictaphone recordings. Whenever I write songs, I I, um, record bits of melodies and riffs and things. I do it on my phone now, but I used to have, I used to carry a dictaphone around with me. So this song is kind of all about writing songs. It's kind of about spending so much of my time writing songs and writing about life that paradoxically perhaps I'm actually missing out on life. So um, that's kind of the idea. So And to kind of heighten the concepts, I fed back in some of these um, early um, snippets of ideas for the song actually into the finished version. So it's got lots of crazy little um, tape loops in it. You're listening to SNS Online with my special guest, Ben McGarvey, a.k.a. Minute Taker, who's been kind enough to invite me to his home in sunny Manchester, or perhaps not quite so sunny. Um, ben, how would you describe your sound? I would describe it as a mixture of acoustic and electronic instruments, quite a, a focus on vocals and harmonies and synthesizers and piano. Piano is usually quite prominent. Um, I suppose folktronic is, um, is quite a good term. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That, that, I mean, I haven't heard that term before, but that clicks in. Yeah, well, it's used by quite quite a few acts, that mm. term. And also somebody described my sound as digifolk, which I suppose is a similar term. Mm. Um, yeah, but there's all sorts of these little genres that mm. I suppose I could... There's also a, uh, a genre called dream pop um, mm. by bands I like, such as uh, Bat Flashes and Beach House. And so I suppose it kind of... My music might fall into that genre as well a little bit. Now, obviously, when you produce a track like this, and you, you obviously you're working home alone with various different equipment, all the rest of it, you're producing so many different layers. Now, does it almost get to a point where sometimes you sort of feel the track's eating itself, or uh, did you get a chance to get a perspective by leaving it for a few weeks and then coming back to listen to it? Yeah, it's um, and in fact, I'm kind of made um, more of a, a conscious decision with um, recent material and the new album I'm working on to maybe not have so many layers. There's a lot to be said for having some space as well. And you do get to the point when you... I took five years off and on recording my last album whilst doing different projects. And, and yeah, I was coming back to songs and then thinking, oh, I know, I could actually put this part on, but then I don't want to get rid of this other part. But then is there room for both of them? And then <laughs> they end up getting very crowded, uh, which sometimes works. I'm also trying to quicken up my production because I do tend to spend years working on tracks and I've got like I've got tracks now that I'm still working on after years and I, I you know I, I go back to them after months and months and yeah I'm really trying to maybe not create so many layers and just work with the the bare minimum of uh, what what the track needs so how does that uh, translate when you're doing gigs? Um, presumably some of it is pre-recorded and uh, some harmonies are done by other people or um, yeah I tend to um, use some pre-recorded material, often um, electronic beats and synth parts, and then um, and then live. I might start perhaps with um, with, the, with looping um, a vocal part and creating a, a few harmonies on top of that, which uh, form the backdrop for the song, and then performing over the um, the backing beats um, with the main instrument, which might be piano or guitar, and singing the main part. Obviously, there's all different ways. Really, sometimes uh, I do um, more 
straightforward acoustic versions, um, sometimes entirely a cappella loop pedal versions with, um, with with songs that work in that way and really build up the whole thing with the loop pedal. Um, I suppose it's just, uh, I take it on a song by song basis really and obviously the type of gig dictates that to an extent as well. So essentially you have to produce two versions of your track, you produce the full track but then you have to go back to the track and think right what do I need to remove to, to have that live element? Yeah and I know some artists um, prefer to have the recording of the track presented in such a way that they would be able to perform it live and it would sound the same, um, which is um, you know, perfectly valid, especially for more kind of um, acoustic music. But I, um, I always kind of think that I don't, really, I don't really like the idea of restricting my imagination and vision for a track. So I'll, when I'm writing and producing a track, which quite often happens at the same time, you know, doing the production as I'm writing the song, I don't really think too much about how I'm going to perform it live. I just think I just want to make it exactly how I envision it to be and as good as it can be. And then, and then later when I come to do it live, I'll think, well, you know, how is this? How is this going to work live? And maybe you know, strip it down slightly, or work on a slightly different arrangement of it. So yeah, just take it on a track by track basis, really. So of course, for the live gigs, you know, you don't know exactly what you're going to expect. It could be a different take on a song. You might discover that you you do it in a way that you weren't quite expecting, and perhaps like an, almost like an acting performance. Yeah, and I do like the idea that um, that songs just take on a life of their own, really, and differ from gig to gig and evolve as well over time. So, I, you know, I, I perform songs from my first album, which I released six years ago now, and then... And then um, occasionally, you know, I might actually go back and listen to the original song and I'll be like, oh, gosh, I didn't realise how much that had changed. Like, it's, it's, it's so different now when I perform it. Do you sometimes record what you're doing live? So you, you've then got a... Yeah, I do, if, if I can. Um, in fact, just lately, I've actually been trying to videotape myself live, if I can, because I find it quite useful, not just for the sound, actually, but for the... To Interaction? Yeah, and to see my, how how I look as well, because it, it, you're in you're in your own world, you know. And I think, yeah, uh, and you know, I'm really trying to work on my performance skills. Like that's constantly evolving, and um, and it's interesting how different it is when you watch it back to how it, how when you experience it. Um, so that that is um, useful, and I tend to record when I'm rehearsing for a gig. I'll tend to like record the the rehearsals um, or at least the kind of final rehearsals and then listen to it back because you know similarly I'll listen to it and I'll be like oh it doesn't doesn't really work you know that song doesn't really work I think I'll cut that one out or that mm. bit doesn't really sound quite right but when you're actually performing it it does it feels right mm. so it's, it's interesting to have that kind of feedback and to be able to look at it objectively or listen mm. to it objectively yeah. so I just record it on my phone you know and it's and they, they come out pretty well you know you can mm. you can hear them pretty well so yeah. the wonders of modern technology <laughs> I sing very well in the shower but I can't really see what I'm looking like <laughs> and it's probably a good job I, I can't actually scratch and sniff With Nick Randall. So I reckon it's time for you to choose a track for us now. What would you like to choose out of your collection? Okay, well, I'll choose my latest song, which I actually only wrote and recorded a few weeks ago. And uh, I made this New Year's resolution to pop things out and stop holding on to them for so long. So I, I think I recorded it a week or two before Christmas and then put it out on New Year's Day. And, um, and I'm really pleased with it and had a good response. It's called Lead You Home. That I won't. Mm -hmm. 
Brilliant Lead Me Home by Minute Taker. You're listening to SNS Online with my very special guest, Ben McGarvey. And if you want to get in touch with us about this or any other show, then please like our Facebook page, SNS Online, or Twitter, which is Scratch and Tweet. Past shows are available to listen again by searching on SoundCloud for SNS Online or Mixcloud by searching for me, Nick Randall. So let's talk about live gigs then. We talked a little bit about it before. Um, tell us where you've been gigging. and uh, Is it very much a one-man band or you've got roadies to help you carry the stuff, etc.? Um, it's usually pretty much a one-man band. I have, um, you know, my friends give me a hand, you know, sometimes with gear. Yeah, I um, I don't do as many gigs as I'd like to, really. It's it's just very time-consuming. But another one of my New Year's resolutions is to do more. So I've been booking a few in for this year. Um, I've been I've been quite busy um, with several different projects. I, I, I wrote the music for a musical last year, and um, we did that at Manchester Royal Exchange in May, and we it was on for four nights. Um, 
that took up a big chunk of uh, last year and the year before. Tell us more about it. Yeah, it's called Hoax My Lonely Heart, and it's um, it's part of a cross-media project. Um, it's written by a writer called Ravi Thornton, and it's based on the life of her brother, who had schizophrenia and sadly took his own life. So it's quite a, a dark and harrowing tale. And the musical is essentially part one, and then there's part two, which is a graphic novel. So it spans different art forms. Wow. So, um, yes, Ravi came to one of my gigs a couple of years ago and and asked me if I'd be interested in doing the music. And I was like, yes, of course, it sounds brilliant. So um, it was over the course of a couple of years we, we developed it and we got Arts Council funding and we um, we premiered the show. We had four nights at Manchester Royal Exchange in last May um, and it was a sold-out run, which was great. Um, it, was, it was directed by um, Benji Reid, who's, um, who's a really good physical theatre director um, who works a lot around Manchester. Um, and we're currently making a plan to tour the show in 2016 um, a national tour so and yeah I, I um I perform the music live during the show kind of using my various instruments and looping techniques and singing backing vocals and then the cast sing the the lead parts mm. it sounds a little bit like dv8 that very physical theater company when they're sort of jumping around and you know they're not wearing an awful lot and all the rest of it. I mean it's, it's a little bit like that yeah a little bit actually I saw um dv8's um, is it John the recent one, I saw that recently actually, that was really good. But yes, it's uh, it, it includes, um, it features quite a lot of um, of interesting movement. And mm. uh, so it's, it's a really big um, ask for the actors really, because it's, because uh, not only is it a, a singing mm. and acting role, like it's, it's also quite a, you know, um, there's also a lot of movement mm. and... Um, and I presume lights will play a big part of it. Yeah, it's um, it's got, a bit of a kind of film noir feel almost with the lighting um really quite um stark and moody excellent well let's hear a track from it yeah so this is the first track um, that features in the show and it's it's sung by me here but it's actually um, sung by the lead actor in the in the show and it's called a captain i can feel them all swimming around this boat and around this room Where the shadows roll And the shadows loom And the shadows walk And my poet soul Is a shadow's talk The 
And take those happier pills Struggling poets hope My color-coded thrills It's a strange and fragile thing A broken wing This need I have inside To sail my ocean Do you sometimes find working on your tracks, it's almost like your private diary. They're so personal that you almost don't want to share it with anybody else. And is it always quite a shock when that first person listens to it? Yes. It's, um, yeah, some songs in particular um, are very difficult to show to people. And actually I do, there has been situations where I've actually kept songs back during times in my life until certain events have passed, you know. So it, it is... Sometimes I really have to be in the right frame of mind to show people my songs because it is almost like just reading your diary out to a room. But I suppose when you when you know when you upload them and you're emailing them about stuff, it's a bit different because you you're not there when people listen to them. So it, it kind of it kind of takes away that element a little bit. What are your influences uh, when it comes to writing lyrics? Is it basically your own life experience, or do you get inspired by films or uh, people you've been speaking to, friends, etc.? All sorts of things, really. Like it, it usually is um, very heavily influenced by my own experiences, and uh, I, I find writing quite cathartic and a way of you know kind of exploring my feelings. Usually, quite dark feelings, and I, I always like the idea of um, having that outlet that allows you to other people to kind of relate and for you to connect with people in that way with things that you you know you probably wouldn't really talk about in day to day life. But I'm also influenced by all sorts of things. Yes, films and books and and then um, musicians who I really love, like um, Jodie Mitchell, for instance, a big influence on my um, lyric writing. And then, in fact, I'm hugely into female singer-songwriters in general, actually, more than men, really, uh, like Tori Amos. Suzanne Vega. Just don't ask me what it was. Just don't ask me what it was. Just don't ask me what it was. Okay, Ben, I think this is a particularly appropriate time to introduce Desert Island Risks, or if you like, the soundtrack of your life, where you get a chance to choose a track which may have been influenced professionally, personally, or just because it makes your feet tap. Well, how many do I get? (laughs) Well, you know, steady on. (laughs) Um, Shall I make you a mix CD? (laughs) (laughs) So you like a lot of music. Okay, I hear you. Well, I have to say one of my favourite songs would be uh, Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush, which is just... One of mine too. It's just brilliant and Kate Bush is one of my favourite artists and obviously she's she's um, been getting a lot of attention lately deservedly so for her live shows and uh, which I 
had the pleasure of going to see, which, and it was fantastic. And yeah, I just think running up that hill is just an incredible piece of music.
You're listening to SNS Online with my special guest, Ben McGarvey. So presumably you don't have much of a social life because you've got a full-time job as well as all the music side for the Arts Council or something like that? Yes, I work for the Arts Council by day. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I still manage to have a social life. Yeah, I don't sleep very much though. <laughs> <laughs> but presumably you're putting the same amount of hours in that you, you are for your day job. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much like having two full-time jobs, but I've been doing that for many years now. So you, you kind of get... Used to, I suppose a lot of the music stuff doesn't really feel like work because I enjoy it and I just yes. kind of I just do it. You know, it's you don't even really think about it. It's just it's, it's just, in your DNA. Yeah, it's just what I do. Mm. <laughs> and what about what about your colleagues at work? Do you get some gentle ribbing or do they say, "Oh, we should be going on the X Factor"? <laughs> um, not really. In fact, a lot of people at the Arts Council are artists of um, some variety. So how interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of arty environment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I think um, there's. You know, people really um, understand that, you know, people have their own, uh, you know, art forms and mm. interests and that, that is really important to them. So could you ever see yourself entering competition like The X Factor, for example? Um, not really. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I think I've got nothing against people who go on those shows. I think it's mm. a great opportunity to... Um, to get yourself out there I've, I've just i just personally wouldn't really feel comfortable with it and i think especially the x factor i think is just so focused on mainstream music i just don't think it would really fit with my music and i think it's it's also great for people who who just love to sing and have you know a really good voice who are, are quite happy to kind of be molded and yeah. steered in a certain direction which is which is fine but it's not really i'm i'm really all about writing and producing and you know just creating these songs that kind of haunt me until i make them <laughs> It's very much a covers TV show, isn't it? They do all the covers, and then then it, they eventually are allowed to find their voice to a certain extent later on. I think, which would probably be, would for somebody like you, I'd imagine, be quite frustrating. Yeah, I think I would struggle now um, to going through that initial process. Yeah, I think uh, you know people do have the you know, more freedom once they once they win it or they do well in it to you know. Explore their, you know, songwriting and things, but it's really seems to be, you know, really discouraged for people to actually create their own songs on shows like that. It's, 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 um, it's quite you know, strange, really. But yeah. it's, uh, I suppose, people are really just uh, expected to sing glorified karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's time for another piece of music from Ben McGarvey, a.k.a. Minute Taker. Okay, this is um, the um, first track from my last album, Last Things, and it's called Merge. And uh, any background to it? Love's lost, love's found, or just, you know, you ain't going to pack the crisp watching the telly and <laughs> wants to write a song about it? Uh, it's really about that feeling you get when you're in love and you're kind of so into the other person and you're lying with them. And it's kind of that feeling of wanting to just merge into them it's kind of like when you if ever you know you go on a nice walk and you and you climb to the top of a hill and you see a beautiful landscape and it's it's so amazing but it's almost not enough just to look at it you kind of somehow want to just disappear into it so it's about feeling that for another person when you lie by my side Sunshine 
SMS online with my special guest, Ben McGarvey. So where can Minute Taker be heard gigging, Ben? Um, I've I've played a lot of places around Manchester over the years. I I used to be in a band called The Spiels as well. Gotta sleep in the afternoon Gotta sleep in the which um, we may actually uh, do some more stuff at some point so it's not necessarily finished but it's been on the back burner for a couple of years now so so between that and yeah, doing my solo Minute Taker stuff I've uh, played in most venues actually around Manchester <laughs> And one obvious question, why Minute Taker? What, what's, what's the background to that? Or is it so obvious but I'm just being really thick as usual? <laughs> well... Uh, I released my first album under my own name, and I just never really liked using my own name, and and um, and I it somehow made it more difficult for me to promote myself. I think it just felt a bit too much like this is me, like me. <laughs> so I, I was thinking oh, I really could do with using an artist name, and I always think as well like artist names are. Um, often more memorable than people's names. I'm terrible at remembering people's names. And if I hear a new song on the radio and it, and they say, you know, it, it's by such and such and it's a person's name, I'll just forget it. But if they say it's by an actual band name, then I'll, I'm much more likely to remember it. So I was looking for ages for a band name that I liked. And they'd all been taken or they were just really bad. And then uh, creme brulee, <laughs> foregone conclusion. There's loads. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them were taken by like 
death metal bands in the Netherlands <laughs> and things like that. Um, so Minute Taker actually came from, well, I was, I was working at the time as a Minute Taker, um, taking right. minutes in meetings um, for the council. And... And I thought, oh, I like that because you can kind of take it in two ways. It it's it can be quite mundane, like a kind of uh, someone taking minutes in the meeting, or it can, it, or it almost sounds quite kind of fantastical, like a, a time lord reaching down hey. and stealing time. Or perhaps, Dot two reference, we love that. <laughs> or maybe like the song itself, the way it's kind of eating away time as it goes on, <laughs> and taking the minutes. the taker of minutes himself, Ben McGarvey. Well, there's a track of Ben's that I'd like to play now called Lust, Steady Readers, which I would describe in no uncertain terms as a theatrical happening. Now, when I heard this for the first time, my imagination conjured up a dark Tim Burton-inspired Dickensian musical with Ben cast in the Richard O'Brien role as the narrator, lively dancing across the stage, flourishing a black cape, an enigmatic smile, and a chainsaw. Or the 18 twiddly two equivalent of. <laughs> I know that you share the hatred for yourself and your kind. But you can't help feeling that you're just a victim of your design. Repression is dangerous, but what can you do when lust blames you? You've got to fight the desire before it gets a hold of you. I know what it's like to crave something you feel you should. But each time you give in, your lust has its toll on the innocent. Mummies and daddies could never condone such a scandal. You've got to fight the desire before it gets all of you. Have some queer sense of humor To lumber a man with an insatiable taste for forbidden food Like an animal starving, you're driven insane by the hunger You've got to fight the desire
Undertaker and the brilliant Lust. Well, for all the very latest on Ben's music and how to follow him, here's an exclusive Minute Taker newsflash. So Ben, tell us um, how we can actually access your music and like pages and Twitter and all that carry on. Uh, this is your two-minute sale, so go for it. <laughs> well, I have a website, which is um, minutetaker.net, and that's got links to my Twitter and Facebook and SoundCloud and YouTube, and it's got um, videos and audio samples and, and links to buy my uh, albums and EPs as well. Well, that sounds good to me. So, I mean, that will, that covers everything. It covers SoundCloud and all the rest of it. So, minutetaker.com. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Minutetaker.net. Now, tell us about the interest people in the industry, etc., have had with your music. Because, I I, I mean, I've heard Gay Times were going to do a feature on you. Did they do a feature on you? Yeah, they did a a feature on me for my uh, as part of the promotional campaign of my last album. Actually, and Attitude did an online interview. Um, Gay Times did a print um, interview, and which, which is fantastic. I mean, that's 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 great. Yeah, I was really surprised. Actually, it was it was great to uh, be picked up by, uh, by so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Ben, one final track choice from either of your first two albums. Okay, um, let's play Somewhere Underwater, which is a track from my last album, Last Things, which is a bit more bit, bit more focused on the uh, piano and um, strings than the electronics on this one. And his 
to SNS Online with my special guest, Ben McGarvey. So, Ben, what's in the pipeline for All Minute Taker fans? Um, I've just um, received Arts Council funding for a, um, a new project which I've been developing for a, f- a few years now, actually, uh, which is essentially a, a concept album, a song cycle. And I've been collaborating with an animator um, wow. called Anna Stefaniak, who lives in London. And, yeah, I've just got funding to develop the project and to premiere it at Children Arts Festival in, um, in Manchester in May. And then the, um, the plan will be to take that on tour as well um, in 2016. You're a very busy boy, aren't you? I mean, how do you actually get Arts Council funding? How do you... I mean, is that because you work for the Arts Council and you're just signing all the checks, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a shame it's not that easy, but uh, <laughs> I, do, I do actually have to apply. Um, you, you essentially um, go onto the website and fill in an application form. It's quite a detailed uh, process. Yeah, There's quite a lot of planning involved mm. in terms of your budget and management, and you have to demonstrate the uh, the artistry of the project and also the um, the public engagement. You know who it's going to who it's going to reach and yes. uh, how it's going to affect them. So we're in your room where you make music, Ben. I think it's appropriate for you to do a track for us now. Um, if you're up for singing live, what do you reckon? Yeah, sure. You're up for the challenge, and uh, so what? What would you like to do for us? Um, well, I'll play you a a new song, which is um, for the song cycle I've been working on. It's called a reflection. Excellent. Um, well, while you get prepared, I'll just say to all of you at home that SNS Online is available on SoundCloud by searching for SNS Online or MixCloud by searching for me, Nick Randall. We have a Facebook um, page, which is SNS Online. It's all very easy, and Twitter, which is Scratch and Tweet. So there we go. So while I've been waffling on, I think Ben's just about ready. Uh, And he's nodded and he's ready. So let's hear his track now. 
Ben, that was absolutely lovely. And our, our first live gig on Scratch and Sniff, so thank you so much. No problem at all. Where would you like to see yourself, say, in five years' time? I think um, my aim for five years is, uh, would be to be a, a full-time musician, which has been my aim for quite a long time, really, but without having to rely on doing covers gigs and things like that which I've done in the past um which is um which you know it can be um a lot of fun and uh, playing I've played in quite a lot of piano bars over the years which I quite enjoy but um yeah my aim is to make a living from writing and recording my music and working on um theatre projects and yeah kind of uh, all that jazz really <laughs> It only remains for me to give you your celebrity goodie bag. We actually have two for you because we couldn't fit it all in one uh, thing. Uh, so all the guests get a celebrity goodie bag. So you've got your, you got your truckies, you've got your champagne, you've got your, your coffee and everything. So there you go. Oh, bless you. Thanks so much. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> ben McGarvey, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. 
again go to ben mcgarvey for all things minute taker go to minutetaker.net we stay in manchester for our next show featuring coronation street actress shirley houston but until then from me nick randall goodbye your faith was strong but you needed proof you saw her bathing on the roof her beauty and the moonlight overthrew her She tied you to the kitchen chair She broke your throne She cut your hair And on your lips she drew thee Hallelujah 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 The name in vain I don't even know the name And if I did then really Was it to you? There's a blaze of light In every word It doesn't matter Which you had Holding on the broken Hallelujah. Hallelujah.